Have you ever had a package delivered and not been able to remember what it actually was that you bought? Or when? And then when you worked out that it was a cute dress, a watch, high smile, whitening toothpaste, or whatever, you lied to your significant other about it? It was on sale. I used a voucher. Babe, they were giving them away. Yep, me neither. This episode is completely unrelated to that. Well, mostly. What you may have noticed, though, is that your sense of guilt over your online insomnia buying has increased a little this year, mainly because, of course, you're trying to save for your wedding, but also newsflash, in case you've been living under a rock, we're in the thick of a cost of living crisis, and it's hitting some people really hard, like needing to sell their homes hard. Others are feeling the need to shoplift to make ends meet and others are just watching their discretionary spending a little more closely, maybe just cutting back on those wrinkle-blasting silicon face masks, right? Although financial advice is not the realm of unbridly, and I don't want to be a downer, it needs to be said and recognised. A lot of us are going through a tough time right now trying to make ends meet. Wherever you're at, The first thing I really want to acknowledge is that, strangely, your reality is relative. So if you're truly vulnerable and hurting financially, I am so, so sorry. And there are links in the show notes for resources that you can access to help you. But also, if you're just not able to afford tickets to Taylor Swift, then that may feel like a sacrifice for you. I imagine, though, that for many Of my Unbridly podcast listeners, the current cost of living crisis will affect or has already started to affect either your wedding planning, so maybe you've had to second guess the amount of money your venue is costing you, or your wedding party. Perhaps your bridesmaid can't afford to go on your bachelorette weekend now. Your guests, those who need to travel, may not be able to fit it in their budget, and possibly this may be affecting your emotions as well. So if you're feeling a bit uneasy, worried, or are really under pressure with your wedding plans right now, I'd like to try to map out a way that you can make some informed decisions and take back control of your special day. In this episode, I'll share my basic understanding of how inflation is affecting everything, including your wedding, and the five steps you can take to work out exactly where your pressure points are and what you might be able to do to alleviate them and get back on track. Let's get stuck into it. Unbridly is a community of pro wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. For me, this time feels a bit like when we all realised our lives were going to be put on hold during COVID. Do you remember what that felt like? I remember how I and a lot of people I know went through the five stages of grief and loss as we processed what the pandemic meant for our day-to-day lives, our jobs, our families, and our future plans too. 
First, there was denial. Surely it can't be that bad. Then there was anger. What do you mean I can't go on holiday? The bargaining. What if I just don't shake hands with other people? Then came the depression. It's going to be like this for a long, long time. And acceptance. Let's learn how to make our own sourdough bread. And as the ABC mentions, that's the Australian Broadcasting Corporation for those outside of Australia. And I quote, The thing about a crisis is that it is, by nature, wild. You can try to manage it, but there's no guarantee of a clear pathway out. And the message we're getting is that it's liable to surprise and flare up. End quote. As I've said before, I am no financial advisor, accountant, or money manager person. But in plain English and in very simple terms, this is what I believe higher rates of inflation means for you. Number one, the cost of essential products and services, so think food, electricity, petrol, medicine, going to the doctors, etc., goes up more quickly than usual. And two, this decreases your buying power, which means you get less for your money. And three, high rates of inflation also increases interest rates, which in turn lifts rental costs. So whether you're a homeowner or renting, this also impacts what you have left over at the end of every month. This economy may not affect you that much or cause you to alter any plans you've already got in place for your wedding. You may have a job in an in-demand and buoyant industry, be sitting on piles of gold or eagerly awaiting a hefty inheritance. And there's no hate to you. It's just life. The cost of living crisis is affecting some pockets of society more than others. And in that ABC article I mentioned earlier, low-income earners and young people seem to be impacted more than boomers, for example. So what can we take away from all of this and how can you make wedding plans during this time? It really depends on your personal and financial situation, what social or government support you have available to you and where you're up to with your wedding planning too. But universally, the very first step is, number one, don't panic. If we've learned anything from COVID, and I'd like to think that some of us did, the first thing we need to do is to not panic. Cast your mind back to April 2020, and you may still be able to access that all-pervading sense of what the fuck. And I'm seeing some of that happening at the moment for different couples at different stages of their wedding planning. Remember that nothing is as bad as it first seems. And as my mother likes to say, murders only happen at night. So take some time. Don't make any knee-jerk or rash decisions. Most problems with money, cash flow, budgets, and definitely wedding planning can be worked through. So step number two is gather info. This is the time when you get all your ducks in a row. So what stage are you at? I like to think of wedding planning in three stages. So there's the ground level. You're just engaged. You haven't booked anything and you're just dreaming. The next is the middle level. So you might have locked in a contract with your venue and some key suppliers. You've chatted with some other vendors. You might have made some commitments, but you're still pulling it all together. And then the third level, 
is the top level, when everything's locked in. Invitations have been sent out and there might only be a few months before your wedding. So no matter what stage you're at, we want to pull together all of the info. If you have them, you'll need your budget, your guest list, your contracts or terms and conditions, any receipts, and anything else you've already decided, paid for, or planned. And this includes promises made to family and friends as well. So then step three is to analyze, and step four is to make a plan. So if you're at ground level, you're going to start with working out with your fiancé what a successful wedding looks like to you. Please go back and listen to episode 22 of the Umbradley podcast, which is called These Three Important First Steps in Your Wedding Planning Change Everything. All about how and why you need to work this out before you start committing to anything, whether that be a date, a venue, a dress, because the answers you work out with each other after you listen to that episode may mean that your vision, plan, or budget changes completely or your timeline gets shifted back, but no one else can decide that for you. So, what does a successful wedding look like for the both of you? If you're on the middle level and you've just started planning and you've got a handful of things booked in, it's time again to revisit what a successful wedding looks like to you. So that's episode 22. And make sure that you're still on the right path. If you're on track with both your budget and your plan for your wedding, you may not need to make any or many adjustments because you've already worked out your finances, your overall vision and your timeline for your wedding. You still haven't written your vows yet, have you? Let me help. In around 20 minutes or so, you can easily write personalized wedding vows, unlike anything you've heard before, that will make your fiance feel like the most loved, understood, and appreciated person on the planet. The how to write wedding vows that don't suck. <laughs> Instant download 17 page PDF ebook walks you through a step by step format for your vows, how to find the right words and phrases to describe your feelings and your fiance, how to write that crucial first draft, and create your final wedding vows masterpiece. So, if you don't know how or even where to start, if you've been Googling your little heart out, or if you've been calling them wedding vows, A-E-I-O-U, this ebook is for you. Included in there are also some bonus secrets for getting the most out of your wedding ceremony. So make sure you download your copy right now and get Write Your Wedding Vows crossed off your to-do list today. The link is in the show notes. But for some, you may want to think about making a little extra money in the short term to offset your wedding expenses. A quick look in any Facebook wedding group will reveal that many engaged couples take on a side hustle like food delivery or ride share, um, tutoring, dog walking or pet sitting, or even completing online surveys for a little bit of extra cash. Some couples have gone through the house and rounded up unused items that they're able to sell online for a profit or arrange a garage sale. This is also when you want to be having a chat with anyone else, like the bank of mum and dad, to lock down exactly what they will be contributing and when that will be 
including any strings that are attached to those funds. For example, in return for their contribution to your wedding, they may expect that all of your uncles and aunties are invited. You don't want any of these surprises further down the track. And then you're going to check your current contracts, the terms and conditions that you've already entered into with vendors. If you work out that you went a little too extravagant for your wallet or your future needs, you will want to take a good look at the fine print now to work out if you're able to negotiate payment plans to still make it happen when you want to, or what the penalty or lost booking fees will be should you want or need to change your booking or contract. This might look like reducing your guest numbers. It could be changing your menu. Maybe you need to opt for a more economical option or removing other added premiums that you have now decided that you don't want or need. You want to know exactly what the minimums are. So for your venue, it may be a set package or a number of guests that make it worthwhile for them to offer their services to you. For a photographer, it may mean a minimum coverage of X number of hours. Generally, the earlier and better you communicate to your venue and vendors about your concerns and needs, the more likely they'll be able to offer you options to keep your wedding as you really want it. But it's important to know what your cutoff dates are in your contracts for final numbers and non-refundable or final payments. Alternatively, if you're not too concerned about the quality, professionalism or reliability of a particular product or service, DIY may be an option for you. You may have a wildly talented cousin, auntie or friend who might be able to help you out by offering a low-cost option. But before you lock them in, always be sure to check with your venue. Find out if your venue requires your auntie, for example, to have insurance or permits or the like. It might not be cheaper once those costs are taken into consideration. Now, if everything's locked in, and you are at the top level. Your invitations are being sent out and they're only a few months before your wedding and you're starting to get concerned about how you're going to make the final payments. There are a few things you can do before you completely freak out. Getting crystal clear on your payment amounts, dates, terms and conditions, it's crucial to know your position and the options that are available to you. I can imagine that the dead set last option you're going to want to take is to postpone or cancel your wedding. And no one wants that for you. Unfortunately, there are a small percentage of circumstances where doing exactly that is the most responsible way forward. So if you feel like you may be getting to that point, I would highly recommend sourcing and consulting with a financial counsellor. Financial counsellors can provide informed guidance on managing your debts, improving your financial literacy, and negotiating with creditors if needed. They can help you to develop strategies to alleviate financial stress for your wedding and work towards your long-term financial stability as a married couple as well. Please keep in mind that if you go to your bank for help or advice, there's a good chance that they will encourage you to take on credit debt or a personal loan, and that may or may not be the best option for you. Personally, I'd feel a lot more confident taking the advice of an independent professional. And if you do happen to find yourself tempted by the shiny lure of a line of credit, deferred payments, or a personal loan, 
There are some very sobering findings in episode 22 of the Unbridly podcast about the downsides of going into debt for your wedding, but it's only for the brave. And remember, it's important to tailor these suggestions to your individual circumstances and seek personalized and professional advice where possible. I'll put some links in the show notes as well. So to recap the five steps you want to take to work out what the cost of living crisis means for your wedding. Number one, don't panic. Number two, gather your info. Number three, analyze. Number four, make a plan. And number five, if you need, get professional help. Because as you know, the information I discussed was just that, information only. It is not specific advice. So if you take action following something you heard, it is important to make sure you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed, whether that be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or other advice. So just to wrap up, in the Los Angeles Times, just a couple of weeks ago, an article called How to Throw a Wedding for Less Than the Cost of an iPhone, the Minimoni Craze, was published and discussed the continuing trend of tiny weddings post-COVID. Whether it's an elopement, micro-wedding, courthouse, or registry-style nuptials you're after, where there's a will, there's a way. So the core message on this topic that I want to leave you with is however you choose to get married or celebrate your relationship, whether it be with several hundred people or literally no one else, just the two of you, please think twice before you put your life on hold for the sake of the economy. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us, and often we put imaginary barriers in the way of our own happiness. You can work it out. It might not look exactly how you thought it would, but it would still be an incredible adventure together. And in the end, isn't that all that matters? That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridly podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.